selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now.
Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This week on the program, wow, look at all the slow-mo punches. Ain't that cool? It's Sherlock Holmes. I'm Andrew Jupin. Uh, Steven Sadek. Eric Siska, elementary Eric Siska. I've got a grade school education. Uh-huh. <laughs> Professor Cavan. And we hate movies. Thank you for tuning in as always. Thank you for tuning in, especially to the final episode of the 2020 Summer Blockbuster Extravaganza. We are talking about the 2009 Sherlock Holmes adaptation directed somehow by Guy Ritchie. Here we are. Look at this one. Look at first, first, what you do is you introduce the show. And then what you do, two, you introduce the movie. Three, you introduce who is with you. And four, and then we're going to do it. No, no, you discombobulate. Discombobulate. I'm going to tell you all of my jokes first, and then we'll just do the joke after that. So it'll be kind of like deflated when it actually happens, but it'll be cool and slow-mo. If you haven't seen this great motion picture, uh, what they're all referring to is the technique in this movie where you have like the inner monologue of Sherlock Holmes where he's like thinking a bunch of moves ahead and you see them all happen in slow motion and then you have to sit through that shit happen again, sometimes additionally in slow motion. This, by the way, this is fucking spide, spidey sense, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It, it's also like it should be consequential at some point, which it never is. It's never like at the end of the movie, like whatever, Mark Strong's got an axe over his head. And it's like, oh, no, what should I do, audience? Should I do this? Like, that would actually like bring it together. Oh, you want it to be a choose your own adventure? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like just. <laughs> I, do. I, I, I really do. No, but I mean, like it should matter at the end of the movie that he has this ability to read out a situation and this kind of format would work, right? Like, well, that would be sure. Kind of- like, but the, the move is if. If you're at the end of the movie, he's like fighting Mark Strong or whatever. The move is you have him fucking do it all. And then when he gets to a certain step in it, he was incorrect. Mm. You know, and it doesn't play out the way he, you know, assumes it was going to. That's at least something. But then he's not perfect and cool. And that just goes against everything in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I do not like the fact that he is super cool. I do not like the fact that they are two fucking bar brawlers throughout this whole movie. Like, I understand that in the original text, like, Holmes did uh, have a mastery of a martial art. I don't remember which one. But, like, these guys are just two fucking drunk dudes fighting in a bar this whole movie. (laughs) And I cannot stand it. It's Guy Ritchie town, baby. Let's start dancing and fucking in a pub, baby. How much is the, uh, f- like, like? do they throw their swords down and just get into fist fights in that, uh, what was that, the King Arthur movie you did? Oh, oh kind of. I, I did not see it. I did not see it. it. It's really bad, guys. It's, I, it's, <laughs> it's something else. Is it I worse was, than this movie? Uh, it's about on par. I'd say, because Downey Jr. is a better star than Char- fucking Charlie Dunham. 
or whatever is it? What's his name? Yeah, it's Jeff Charlie Dunham. Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. Yeah. Jeff Dunham. Jeff I think Dunham. You, were, you were trying to say. Yes, I, I got those two crossed. Hello, but. it's me, Charlie Hunnam, and here's all me racist puppets. <laughs> oh man, it would be a whole different kind of racist puppets, though. <laughs> The thing about for uh, me to, to for me to operate my big Pacific Rim <laughs> monster machine, I gotta use me and synchronize with me racist puppet. <laughs> Oi, look! Here's my puppet, Sir Slurlot. <laughs> oh man, Sir Slurlot! That is exactly what it would be, dude. And then he'd be like, like Sir Slurlot says something, and then he's like, Oh, Sir Slurlot, <laughs> you ain't supposed to say that no more. <laughs> We're just supposed to call it a shop, not what you just said. <laughs> oh, man, God. exactly. Uh, you just reminded me, speaking of Jeff Dunham, I got a beef with the fucking Tubi TV that I got to air Wait, out here. Wait, what? No. Dude, I, so I was downloading uh, Tubi just TV. Be, please be clear that, that you're speaking for yourself, not for the whole show, because some of us love Tubi That's TV. That's right, and we would love them to be a sponsor as well. Well, first of all, I think, I mean, I'm just talking me here. Pluto TV superior fucking <laughs> format. I mean, this is apples and oranges. Pluto TV's got this all like a whole guide of stuff constantly sure. airing, and Tubi, sure. you have to select your what what you're going to view. I mm. totally understand, dude. But if I have to say a dipshit name followed by TV, I'm going to say Pluto <laughs> TV over Tubi TV every time. <laughs> is true. that it? Just the I've, name? No, no, not the name. No, right, the thing. Sorry. No, I was I was perusing the actually pretty great wide selection on on Tubi TV. It's quite. And excellent. I was like, rad. Look at this, a documentary section, and I'm flipping through that and fuck me running there is a jeff dunham comedy special <laughs> in the documentary section okay to be tv whatever you say wasn't it done by the same uh the guy who did man on wire yes right? yeah did, the exact yeah. same director did <laughs> got this. it yeah you're absolutely right yeah yeah Je uh james marsh is just jeff dunham scary racists now i want to see like jeff dunham in between the world trade center and <laughs> Like dangling a gigantic peanut or whatever, whatever racist cartoon, racist puppet of the week is, and it's humongous, you know? That'd be pretty cool. I'm going to spend six months hanging out with Jeff Dunham. <laughs> no, miss, you cannot listen to this tape. It is far too racist. This tape will instantaneously also make you a racist. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, hey, I, I feel like people like this movie. By the way, I feel like we're gonna get a little bit of shit, which is always yep. fine. It's always fine. It's as Eric likes to say, it's okay to like a movie. Definitely. And I actually think this is totally on the bubble of like, eh, it's fine. It's just so not for me. See, thing, that's exactly why I feel. But go ahead, Eric. Sorry. I want to say, you know, let's say some nice stuff up front. You know, I mean, you know, it's got a good enough cast. I think the production design is is not is is pretty good. It's I I actually yeah. like this world that they're building, but it. But it, but it's 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 slow and it's draggy and and it wasn't for me. But I understand where people could get get into it. You know, I I can get on board with the cast. I think it looks like trash. I'm I'm with Chris on this one. Really? Really? This, wow, it looks 50, like 50. garbage. But this this gray London. blue nonsense. I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah, Eric's right though. That's fucking gross ass London <laughs> in the 1860s. Well, you know? if you're gonna do that, then they actually should be stepping in shit constantly. <laughs> like pots. It wasn't. Be... It wasn't the fucking Middle Ages, Kevin. It was the 1860s. <laughs> it <laughs> might as well have been. Here's a bucket of shit. I'm throwing <laughs> in the street. <laughs> That's what I want. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, it's a uh, Miss Mrs. Hatchet, the the shit wife. <laughs> shit wife. She well, just throws shit all over the streets. All oh, the I thought time. she she assists you in birthing shit, which oh, I could God. use one. Uh, <laughs> oh, hold God. my hand. Just, 
You don't need a professional, it's, dude. You just got to rock back and forth a little bit. It's all right. It'll it's, all, it's all right, Master Eric. It will come. It will come. <laughs> don't worry, Master Eric. Maybe tomorrow night you'll oh, shit. Bloody hell. Where's the turkey? <laughs> we got you some prunes, Mr. Eric. Some prunes for you. <laughs> all right, Master. Master Eric, use this broom handle and bite down. We're going to get through this together. <laughs> oh You're going to electrocute me? <laughs> this, this is called the gape method, Mr. Eric. Oh, no, that doesn't work. That You can't trick it to fall out like that, Kevin. <laughs> but everything else we said is definitely true. Yeah. No, absolutely. Met 100% medically accurate, just like human sentiment. You can use me as a footstool, Master Eric. I'll, I'll be like one of those once. squatty potties for ye. <laughs> Oh Lord! So, uh, uh, what? Any other shit talk we want to get out of the way? <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we may, we may swing back around. I do like this cast. I will say, I don't entirely know, and I'm sure the answer is no. But you know, UK listeners, give us give us your best guess here. What's this accent? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Oh, yeah. Is uh, it sub uh, WHM? I don't know. You mean yeah. R- Robert Downey Jr.? RDJ, the only, uh, the only person in the movie faking an accent. I yes. like that he's playing British in this because so many British people play Americans. <laughs> it's time they get what's coming to them. <laughs> I kind of agree. I don't, although I don't, I kind of don't like him. I, he's likable, but for some reason, like, it's so self-aware. It's it's the Robert Downey Jr. problem I've had the last couple of years, where it's all so self-aware. He's kind of like Bugs Bunny in a new a new adventure, a little bit. You yeah, know, does that make sense? I agree, I agree yep. with that, but I think that works for Sherlock Holmes because you're not sure. supposed to really like Sherlock Holmes that much. He's a total asshole, That's and fair. he's an arrogant dude. And I think I think it totally fits. Uh, I, I remember like when the ads came out for the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I buy that. Like, I buy that persona fitting into that character perfectly. But, but the thing is, is I don't think he captures the loneliness of Holmes very well. No, no, no. That's totally... They don't do a lot of the stuff about the character, right? Like, in the screenplay, like that specifically. And also, like, I'm sorry, you're eliminating the drugs. Yeah. He fucking... In, he injected cocaine. Like, let's do it. I, I, mean, I guess the, you're supposed to, su- like, suppose that he has, like, something in his pipe that's yeah. not just tobacco. Yeah, I think come you're, on. You're supposed to assume the drugs because he's found in in a dark hole that is his his apartment there and at one point he was drinking something that Watson referred to as for like eye surgery, like anesthetic or something. Yeah. Which, is, which is it's cocaine. That's that's oh, cocaine. Okay. But in in the 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 you know writing he Injected it, which I would have enjoyed seeing. I like in the 1800s. All right, time for your eye surgery. I just do a couple of rails with us. We're going to put on a hot glass for you, and now we're going to take out this eye. All right, get the fog machine going. All right, all right. But at the same time, like some of the stuff about the characters in this world are accurate like you know uh stuff they've done before is stuff like uh watson getting married and holmes not you know being fit to live on his own and trying to disrupt that which they sort of get into in this movie but not really was this the grand return of jude law because then i'm way in, then i'm way in favor of this film and if that's the case it kind of feels like it was was there a was there a, a goodbye to jude law at some point i feel like once he got in his like kind of late 30s he wasn't like a leading man anymore but he wasn't old enough to be an older actor kind of 
there was kind of a dim period between closer and this. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Like yeah. I Heart Huckabees. <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah, I Heart and, Huckabees was the same year as Closer. Yes. Because oh, okay. Closer, the Aviator, which he's good in. I like him. He's in that Lemony Snicket movie. No one can remember that. The aviator, he's in for like five seconds, right? Yeah, yes. it's Errol Flynn just too. But that was he had a big 2004 though because it was Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> mm. Huckabees, I want to rewatch it. I remember liking it, but I'm likely wrong. Yeah, uh, the Alfie remake, Closer, the Aviator, and Lemony Snicket. Yeah, all in the same year. So it's kind of crazy. Did, uh, yeah, he he did uh, Sleuth, which nobody liked. Something called Blue. I I am a like I feel like probably one of the lone fans of the Sleuth remake. Okay, uh, we saw that. Uh, I think Chelsea and I saw that at the old Sunshine Theater, actually oh, downtown. I, I love that theater. Um, but then yeah, so oh nine was he had this. And he was one of the Tonys in the dreaded uh, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. But then, yeah, after because it was like Repo Men came in after that. And, yeah. and then, well, the same year that he had the sequel to this was also Hugo and the Contagion. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. I just overblew that he kind of went away for a little bit. But I, I feel like he wasn't that big of a bankable star, but that he kind of came back in this way. <laughs> He didn't really lead, like breaking and entering, I think is one of the few things where he was leading in. Yeah. Uh, in oh, I forgot about that movie. So Awful broke, movie. Okay, so he broke and entered his way back into Hollywood. Okay, what did <laughs> so far? Well, that, that I, was a failure, but then when he broke into Sherlock Holmes, he did very well. He is, but he's Steve, kind of, I think what you're saying, though, Steve, is he was, I mean, you're right, because he was in movies. It's just movies we didn't care about. I mean, like yes, All the true. King's Men, Breaking and Entering. Well, I will say The Holiday, which Chris and I saw in theaters together. Oof. Uh, he was in the Wong Kar Wai English language by Blueberry Nights, which is no good. Eh. Eh, you know, so like, yeah, yeah. He, this is like him really like co-headlining a movie. Yeah. Oh, dude, Dom Hemingway. How about that? Dude, that that movie, that movie is something else. Oh, I'm quite eccentric, ain't I? <laughs> I forgot this existed. I think I might have saw this. <laughs> that movie totally sucks, except for Richard E. Grant in it is yes. awesome. Oh, mm -hmm. man, it's, it fucking stinks. That Bad. movie stinks to high heaven. Uh, anyway, it is, I will say, refreshing to see Jude Law in movies because I feel like I don't watch a lot of Jude Law performances. I haven't seen yeah. any of those Pope uh, television <laughs> movies. Oh, I've been dying to get into the Pope TV. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to. That's I, another app to download, dude. I, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be contrarian. Steve said. I, I think he is fantastic in Vox Lux. Uh, I think it's an awesome performance. Oh yeah, he is. Hey, I'm Jude Law. Hi, I live here. Hey, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. You know. Hi. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I would. You know what? No, you know what, Steve? It's totally fine. You can just bury that movie <laughs> well, in the Staten Island dump. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a slight Vox Lux supporter with Steve, but I'm not going to go out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what he's good in? Actually, that just came out this year. One of the last movies I went to a trade screening uh, for. And then, like, it was slated to come out, I think, like, end of January. It did, like, nothing. But, um... What you call it? the uh, the rhythm section? Oh, I was going to ask about that. That looks like a fun one. That's with uh, what's her name there, uh, Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, directed by Reed Morano. She did a fucking hell of a job making the movie. Blake Lively's good in it. It's like it's basically like Blake Lively doing like a you know spy assassin type thing. I'm and into it. Jude Law is like another assassin that like trains her to go get revenge. It's it's fucking solid, man. And I have to say, like nobody got a chance to see that movie. 
I think RDJ, like, I don't I don't get his career. Like, I mean, it's great that he came back and he's one of the richest men that ever lived now, which is awesome. <laughs> sure. Like, he, he, nobody saw that coming. You know what I mean? His, his career was in the toilet and, you know, he, he resurrected it by by charm and all that stuff. But like. It's like he doesn't want to do good movies. Like he was like, "Oh God, I'm so sick of those Marvel movies. Let me do a movie where I stick my hand up a dragon's ass instead. That is <laughs> so much better." Did you see that? Did you see Doolittle? Do no, I, I will in January. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I that's why I've been it. holding off. I mean, like it's just a complete disaster. On even for what I was imagining, it yeah. was be- way worse. Really? There's a, there's a horny dragonfly in that movie. I like it. Dragonfly or a dragon? Dragonfly. There's also a dragon. Oh, I see. There's a horny dragonfly that I think is Jason Madzukas. That's sure. That sucks. Um, (laughs) You know, he probably just wanted to stop doing Marvel movies so different types of people would approach him in public. He's, he's tired of the Steve Sadak uh, ha- clammy handshake. Listen, I guarantee you he'd cross the street if he saw you coming to block him. <laughs> Most would, for sure. But yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, now with Doolittle, he can get like horny kids, I guess. I don't <laughs> know. Kids. Well, I think Dude, horny I moms think... would be the idea. Uh, yeah. I guess. Okay. I don't know that anybody saw that movie, though, man. I haven't looked up box office receipts, but I just have a sneaking suspicion nobody gave a shit about that uh, movie. Too little. I, I mean, if I meet Robert Downey Jr., I'm going to say, fist my dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fist my dragon. Oh, fist my dragon. It's kind of interesting to watch, like, the movies that he did, like, from when the first Iron Man started and then, like, up till, like, now. Like, Doolittle was his first uh, Tony Stark is dead movie. Yeah. Um, but, like... Man, I don't know. <laughs> like the <laughs> soloist, due date, the fucking chef, the, the judge. Uh-huh. He's got some good ones. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That's um, pre. Oh yeah, that is pre. Yeah, um, no, that's a great movie. I totally love that movie. But also that, like Zodiac, that was before uh, the Marvel craze. Isn't yeah. it Scanner Darkly like the same year or maybe even earlier? Sc- Scanner Darkly was aught six. Okay. If I were to get Ooh. murdered. Just love that line. <laughs> Not a fan of that movie. Love that line, though. Um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of weird to just see him just like this slew of Marvel movies. Like you forget how many he was in. And then, oh, would you look at that? He's going to be in Black Widow. Oh, what? Would you look <laughs> at that? Would you look at that, everybody? Fart. But so this movie, <laughs> this particular post-Iron Man movie, post-Iron Man 1 movie, because uh, this was aught 9. So Iron Man is in the world, and now he's also Sherlock Holmes. And it was actually weird thinking now, like Jude Law wound up getting fucking roped into that Marvel universe also. Yes, yeah. you'll forget he's in that Captain Marvel movie, yep. which is... See, it'll I, consume us all. I mean, Mar- <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like Galactus. Yes, Absolutely. It's also made uh, IMDb trivia just so useless. It's like, do you know he's in a Marvel movie and she's in a Because uh, Rachel McAdams is also in Doctor Strange. Mm, uh. And it's like, oh, da, 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 da. And then you know that uh, Jude Law fucked a guy that you, you used to know somebody who knew Brie <laughs> Larson. How do you like that? Well, there's something. There's a bit of trivia. <laughs> I, it's kind of surprising because you have to imagine that this was in the works around the time that like Iron Man was being finished too. Like, it, they do kind of do a Thanos thing with Moriarty in this movie. Oh, oh man, oh. in 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 the worst way. Well, it, I, it, 
it's it's terrible because the next movie is like very little of him even then. This well, is more of a and this is how they started that shit, which was the the and Nolan never never gets uh ignominious credit for this, which is the Batman begins, I'll look into it. The Joker's in the next one, guys. Right. <laughs> so that that's the thing now, is and that became the the, the trope of like you want to see uh, X fight Y. Y is going to be in the shadows this time around, but he'll be there for the sequel. Don't you worry but, about it. Yeah, but yep, you can clock that that in ten seconds. The scene of him like turning over the fucking car and be like, oh, oh. for sure. And this, this it like takes up fifteen minutes of the movie. Then be like, Moriarty's about, but you're not seeing him, you pigs. Well, one, of, one of the writers <laughs> of this movie is Simon Kinberg, and he's done you know the, the track record. It, this movie makes sense when you think about it in the context of his previous work before this: Triple X, State of the Union, Mister and Mrs. Smith, X Men: The Last Stand, Jumper, two thousand eight. I would Oof. say that's a stay tuned. And then absolutely this, after that, this meets War, previous episode, and, it, and then. X-Men Days of Future Past, et cetera, et cetera. But Hachi, machi, Fantastic man, Four remake as well. That got... Uh, Ooh. Yeah. How do, yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, I'm a ter- hey, I'm a terrible writer. Why can't I do this? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I've read some of your stuff over the years. It's not too bad. <laughs> but I mean, like, what, you know, if, if, if you are known to be a terrible writer and you keep getting work, there's a lot of terrible writers out there. Let's <laughs> just <laughs> spread the love a little bit. <laughs> Let's try different terrible writers is all I'm saying. <laughs> I agree with that. Fair enough. Let's give some other losers a shot. Can't make that many blood oaths, Steve. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, you know who I like in this movie actually is fucking uh, Eddie. What's his name is Lassard. Eddie, Eddie Marsan. Yep. Yeah, he's great. Commissioner, and- Commissioner Lassard? <laughs> Lass- no, Lestrade. Excuse me. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a point in this movie where you think that he's crooked, and I forgot like how this movie ended, and I was like. They fucking made Lestrade crooked. I can't even believe this. I can't even believe I'm just like yelling at myself <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> the dog didn't care, you know. Uh, but he's fucking great, man. I, I love him popping up and stuff. It just sucks that so much of it is Guy Ritchie movies. Oof. I, You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I haven't done it in forever. I've not watched those. I guarantee you just my 19-year-old brain will never let Lock, Stock, and Snatch go. I'm sure if I rewatch them, I'd enjoy them on some level. Snatch is still good. Like, yes, it's just a matter of he, like, the the slow motion stuff really fucked him up. Mm. Like they they did it a little bit in those movies, and like they had yeah. some emotional resonance, like Brad Pitt watching his mother burn in yes. the trailer. Like that's an actual reason to slow something down. Or but when right. what's his face uh, is playing cards and he realizes he's he's fucked his all of his friends. It goes yep. really slow, and like that song kicks in. Like that stuff. I agree with you, Chris. It makes sense as opposed to like in that cool, in that cool. <laughs> hey, look at him punch that guy in the face. It's pretty slow. Yep. Yep. Looking yep. cool. Look at Downey. He's got muscles. Oh, look at the muscles. Oh. Uh, here's a Guy Ritchie question because I've never gone back to it, but I and I don't even remember why at the time I felt this way. But I remember when it came out, I saw and liked Rock and Rolla. Is that incorrect? <laughs> that sounds incorrect. I, I'm not a fan. I will say that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've liked any of his post snatch movies. Yeah, I think I'm not down for any of them. I, I I didn't see that Aladdin. I didn't see that Madonna movie. Swept away. Swept you know, away. Oh, I forgot he did the Swept Away away remake. I never yeah. saw it. Yeah, the Aladdin is it's terrible. It's awful. After After Snatch, the only thing that uh, Guy Ritchie swept away was the Razzies. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> love it. <laughs> I never saw Revolver. Uh, yeah, I saw this. I fell asleep during. 
the sequel to Sherlock Holmes and never went back. I it, oh Man from Uncle, I we both Chelsea and I both agreed at the same time to turn it off due to extreme boredom. Wow, people love that movie. That's another. Movie I know a like, lot of a lot of people I've seen online. Yeah. sort of recently for some reason talking about that, and I was like, that was one of the dullest I, fucking experiences of my life. There, there's a lot of hot guys in that movie. I will give mm. them that. Like uh, Henry Cavill, fucking uh, Army Hammer, and Hugh Grant all being together. That's fun for me to look at. <laughs> But it's also a boring fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, there's sexy people all over them. Yeah. You got Alicia Vikander, Elizabeth yep. Debicki, mm. also Jared Harris. My God. Uh, yeah. I got Pornhub here, though, guys. I don't need to go, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I don't need to go that far. Oh, man, the Jared Harris tab on fucking Pornhub. <laughs> oh, man. oh yeah. you know, somebody has the fucking lane video of him just hanging from the back of that door. It's working for someone. That Aladdin is truly bad, although it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But and then, you know, I mean, my actually I'm looking at this now and realizing my track record of just up and turning off Guy Ritchie movies is pretty solid because we definitely also did that with The Gentleman uh, just a few months ago. I turned I turned this off. I was watching it. My brother called. (laughs) It was like 2010 or whatever was on video or whatever. I rented it or something. And my brother uh, called me in the middle of it. And we got into like a 35 minute conversation. And I was like. I'm not gonna turn that back on. You know, it's just like, eh, I'm not gonna turn that back on. I turned this off today, and thank thank God this has become more of a career retrospective episode. <laughs> I don't know what happens in this movie. Well, because like, there's so little. I mean, it's not that there's little plot here, but like, I feel like it's kind of hard to go through a Sherlock Holmes investigation, which at least this movie still sticks to. Like, it yeah. still walks and talks like a Sherlock property in that way. It's Sherlock mixed with Harry Potter, though. Like, there's so much Harry Potter influence on this, I feel. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think also that kind of speaks to one of the complaints that you and Chris had, Steve, which is just the way that, or maybe it was, yeah, just the way that it looks. It, yeah. that That, like dreary blue gray shit that's that's harry potter through but, and through but also you've got this judd apatow tone of like ribbing each other constantly <laughs> yeah there's way too much of like old boy and calling people uh, a cock and whatever you know other expressions yeah i mean well they're buddies i didn't re- <laughs> i didn't read apatow on, on that on the I harry felt- potter angle there is magic you know or supposed magic throughout the movie Yeah, and that's a thing, like, you know, there are Sherlock stories out there that, like, you know, and it does exactly what this does, which is the Scooby-Doo, like, oh, it's a paranormal thing, Uh, but then at the last second, it's like, oop, never mind, here's a totally practical explanation. I mean, that's like Hound of the Baskervilles, like, it's that, but, like... I mean, you're starting this, out this franchise to be like, Sherlock Holmes is back. This ain't your mama, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. And I just feel like Mark Strong as Lord Blackwell being this occultist, like, why not just have Moriarty dabble in the occult? Is that too uh, outlandish? Exactly. It's I, t- you're totally right. And also, like, Mark Strong would make a fucking awesome Moriarty. Yeah. He's got the voice. He's, he's wearing a wig in this movie in a big, bad way. You know what's Anybody- funny about this wig, though? It's a wig that still makes him look like a bald guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing is I kept that, you guys kept talking about wig. I'm like, wig? What are you talking about? He's just bald, isn't he? And then I like looked at stills. I was like, holy shit, he's got a wig. Because well, like, yeah, because like IRL, he's like the Tooch fucking bald. Like he looks yeah. like Stanley Tucci. 
Stanley Tucci's like sexier brother. Ooh. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Here's what I want on Pornhub. Okay, <laughs> Stanley Tucci and and Mark Strong getting get it on. It on. Oh, do they get all slicked up because they're just there's they're, there's so much aerodynamic <laughs> yeah, aerodynamic. Dude. Like that's it, man. Man, the it, fucking canola oil is all over the place. Yeah. Brian Grazer just uh, signed a production pact with Pornhub, <laughs> and he's gonna get them together finally. Both of them in a slime sack, like the start of the Matrix when they unplug me. <laughs> Oh, dude, yep. you get rid of those eyebrows. We're in real trouble. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it's kind of hilarious because, like, he's just somehow wearing a wig that makes him have a six head. It is one of the funnier props in this movie. Yeah, he like he's like a, an occultist. He's like about to kill this lady. It's it's Sherlock's last case with Watson. And uh, Sherlock busts it up by using his cool uh fighting techniques and using like two nightsticks at once and i'm like it's getting a little too much for me even from the start dude he looks like uh he's doing the fights with those uh the billy clubs there he looks like uh what's his name from mortal kombat 3 uh striker yeah striker (laughs) (laughs) how about striker holmes oh that'd be something yeah yeah just just solving uh mysteries in a bicycle outfit yeah, yeah, and then he got sent to hell. That's like Outworld. Was he like a bicycle cop on that game? Was that what that outfit was? I mean, he's just, he's, he's a, a cop. His yeah. future cop, but they, it looks like he's like a bike messenger. Yeah, I've because you know why? I think because he's wearing that dumbass racing hat. Mm-hmm. I think he works on the beach or something. Yeah. Oh, a future I, beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the oil water. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they're like, you know, they break up this whole thing. The huge fight happens. And, uh, you know, this is like the little uh, prologue that ends with like them getting their picture taken and it turns into like a quick newspaper montage. And it's like Sherlock Holmes is here. I mean, this really is opening it and just telling you this ain't your mama's Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. because this is the first thing you know about him is that he can kick ass. And like, that's not what I'm interested. Like, I I know, like, I sound like I'm just like, I want it to be the books, but like, that's not what I really wanted from this. A little no. bit, you could be a little smarter than this, I think, is the idea. Like, the movie itself could just be a little cl- more clever, more puzzle boxy. Because, I mean, the thing is, too, like, all of the clues and stuff are there, but the, it's not something you can really piece together. It's like you're being kind of lied to the whole movie, and then it's like, well, actually, it was actually something else. Well, see, yeah, that's the thing is, like, you should be able to go back and rewatch this and pinpoint the things. All the mystery and the Blackwood stuff feels like it's in the background as compared to Watson and Holmes. Like it yeah. is because they're trying to make it a cool and again like this like para- paranormal shit. Like it's kind of that's also like Harry Potter ish, right? Like mm-hmm. magic and occult whatnot. And, and like, also got like Hellboy vibes a little bit. Big time Hellboy vibes also in this movie for sure. The newspaper opening is super Harry Potter. You you wait yep. for fucking Gary Oldman to be screaming in fucking Azkaban there. Totally. Fucking Sirius Black is still locked up, and Sherlock Holmes got this guy over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are introduced uh, to Mary Morstan, who's uh, Watson's lady friend, who he can't seem to propose to, but keeps saying that they're betrothed anyway. Here's the thing. At the, this movie should end with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law 69ing, and then it's a three-star <laughs> film. Yep. I feel like the BBC show underlines it way fucking more than this movie ever tries. I actually disagree because they're not like so physical with one another in that show. Like that's another thing about is that it's such a physical movie. It just makes me think about more when they're just like like being snippy at each other. 
Yes. Well, they do. I mean, they do get down the whole like bickering like an old married couple in yeah. this movie. No doubt about it. Yeah. Anyone ever finished that uh, the BBC show? Because I checked out. Uh, I checked yes. out. Uh, we never caught that final season because when they did that fucking uh, scam of a holiday special. I skipped that too. It was always like, oh, you want to watch that? Like, yeah, we'll get to it. And it just never happened. I'm pretty sure I watched it. You know, some family likes to, at the time, like to watch that show around the holidays. So I'm pretty sure I got through it, but I couldn't tell you anything that happened. In it. Well, the the last thing we watched of it was there's an episode where, episode, installment of this, you know, it's like 90 minutes, just like they all are, where it was advertised as being like a period thing. And I was like, oh, that's actually interesting. You're taking all the actors from this show that is set in modern times and you're putting it in late 19th century England, you know, making a period appropriate and doing a Sherlock story. Wow, isn't that neat? And then, spoiler alert, the end of it is, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch was just asleep on a plane. Oh, that's and, fine. And I was Aww. like, then what the, what the, what the, what the fuck? Like what you, you, like, you didn't need to even tie it back yeah, into exactly. the other like, thing. I, I would have got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then years later, it was like we were browsing, you know, Netflix or wherever. And I was like, oh, they made a whole other new season of that show. And we never went back to it. I'm pretty sure it shits the bad. Mm. Yeah, that last like I think the first two seasons are really good or series. Excuse me, yeah. England. Uh, <laughs> and then that, that third series is not great. And then it was after the third one that this period piece thing happened. And then I think they made another three installments after that which we've never seen but it was always i feel like that show people turned on it really quickly yeah uh and then like it was like super cool at first then all of a sudden like you were an asshole if you dare said you <laughs> liked it and i was like well i still liked it it just kind of got crappy yeah i mean that's kind of where i was i just sort of like fell off of it and i never dared go back yeah um you know and similarly in that they have him Eventually, I think meet and uh, marry someone. I think who's also named Mary. That's what I think. That's when I stopped watching. Is yeah. whenever that happened. There is, yeah, they do do a. There is a wedding episode. I think that happens. Um, but so they go out to dinner in this movie, and it's like Sherlock trying to show off his, uh, you know, powers of deduction and whatnot, and then like winds up totally humiliating this poor woman. It's Denzel Washington's love interest in Flight. I have to look this up. Kelly her, Riley, I think. Yes, her name's oh, Kelly Riley. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, she's pretty good in this. I think actually. Not a lot to do. Uh, no, not a lot to do, but I like her. I think she has presence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Mary character was never super big, so it it's enough of Mary as there ever was, you know? She does uh, come back in the sequel and has a little bit more to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Ooh, exciting. But she it's get, a weird thing where he's like, you know, oh, yeah, like, oh, looks like you decided you wanted to be married to someone else for a moment and tried that ring on, but then, oh, that didn't work out because he left you or whatever it was. And she's like, uh, actually, that dude totally died. I'll see you later. Have a good <laughs> evening. She splashes uh, wine in his face, which is kind of fun. It's kind of a thing where, like, it starts and he's like, they never really go full hog with this, which is he can't like live in the world because like he's like just sitting in this restaurant and he's like deducing all these things about all these people. But it doesn't like they don't do anything about it because it's not cool. You know what I mean? Like it wants to be cool all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't he can't be like a broken, you know, weird, socially awkward pseudo spectrum type character because that ain't cool as hell <laughs> you can't do all that shit and be cool as hell hey you know what why don't you leave this dinner and go punch a big irish dude in the face <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing. Is the, he goes to this like fuck club. I mean, fight club um, where it's just like <laughs> everyone gets greased up and just hashes it out. And it's like, oh well, John goes there all the time. Not anymore. Not yeah. I haven't been there in months. This, I mean, this this felt this felt very um, snatched. Like I wanted like a, a spinning shot with the stranglers playing or something. <laughs> yeah. It's nearly the same scene. Like right, literally, yeah. the the setting looks exactly the same. I would like. I wouldn't have minded because it would actually like make this a little because it's a lot of like fun plinky like Irishy kind of music. That sounds smart, um, but it's like, uh, <laughs> but it's not like I, I think pop music would have probably helped us a little bit because it would have solidified what we're talking about. You know, I, I can't. I can't sanction fucking anachronistic music though, dude. I feel like we'd be bitching about it if it if it wasn't. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't, but that's fair. But like, you got to think about the time too. What is it going to be? Uh, well, I guess. 2009, so I it's guess gonna it be be... it's going to be Jet. It's going to be Jet, you know? It's going to be Jet. Just deal with oh, it Oh, no, not... I don't want it to be Jet. I mean, like, you it, know, like... It's going to be it's... Jet, though. You know it's going to be this Jet. What so you stop wanted. talking about it. Yeah. You wanted this in your movie. You could have a Jet Iggy in Pop two... or something, you know. 2009, we're placing Jet in a motion picture, Chris? I don't well, know about that. In 2007, 2008? Yeah, I think so. I, I like the Iggy Pop idea. Maybe he should play Watson. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about that, Sherlock. It seems like it's probably going to be a bad idea, man. <laughs> the game's Maybe. afoot, baby. It's me, Tom Waits, and Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> oh, now we're talking, dude. Yeah. Tom Waits and Sherlock Holmes, Iggy, Iggy Papa's Doc Watson? Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, good doctor, we've got to go down to the swordfish trombone. <laughs> All right, man, whatever you say, I'm just going to be smoking cigarettes the whole time and just <laughs> kind of hanging out. Lord Blackwell has been manufacturing trombones out of swordfish bones. <laughs> hey, In man, you can't be smoking here. This is a, this is a crime scene. Oh, man. And Roberto Benigni as Lestrade. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, this is exactly the movie I want. You are you under arrest, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Jack White as Moriarty. We can get that going on. Oh, sure. Um... What was I going to say about this whole thing with the Fight Club? Oh, did I read the Tribune trivia correctly that this place, this like secret location is named after like a pub in England that Guy Ritchie actually owns? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't even matter, does it? I will say they, they're, playing, they're playing the Rocky Road to Dublin, which is like a traditional song. They do have the Dubliners version at the end of the movie. So there's your anachronistic okay. uh, pop music there, Steve. Oh, by the way, a Guy Ritchie bar. Uh, I'm thinking Snatchers. <laughs> Snatchers. Dude, welcome to Snatchers. <laughs> Welcome to Snatches. We have fish and chips and the warmest of warm beer. Come right in. On the television here, we have nothing but Guy Ritchie movies playing. And as we always say, we are not going to kidnap you. We swear to God we are not going to kidnap you. I know it's called Snatches. I do, I do. Oh, you're an American. You're a Yank, so I wanted to let you know because you're not in on it. You want to order your food as soon as you can because it does come out in slow motion. So it's going to take you a very long time to get your food. Yeah, it's also cooked in slow motion. <laughs> we also have an activities area over here, so while you're dining, you can watch some excellent Irish bare-knuckle boxing. <laughs> uh, no, Jason Statham will not show up here. Uh, no, no, he will not be here. I'm sorry. We got him uh, for the ribbon cutting only, and uh, even then he didn't get out of the car. <laughs> uh, just once in my life, I would like to gamble on illegal bare-knuckle boxing. Oh, sure. Just yeah. once. I don't even want to win. 
We should I'll throw a hundred dollars away on bare knuckle boxing. Right after COVID is cured, we should definitely all go to some some like underground boxing. Oh, well, 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 <laughs> wait until we get off there, and I'll tell you a little something. something. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so he gets a note um, that uh, Sir Blackwood uh, needs to see him in jail. Uh, so that's like you know where where we're going, and you know he's he's set to be executed, and he wants to see Sherlock Holmes before that happens, and it's just a lot of Mark Strong being like, "Oh, don't worry, Sherlock Holmes, the storms are coming. Yeah. I'm gonna take over the world from beyond the grave." They get to, they hang this dude in a leather jacket like he's the fucking dice man. Like I don't know, dude, you got to take that jacket off. That's how the dice man needs to go out, by the way. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, you've been sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. Oh, all right. Leather, uh, a leather jacket, a female body instructor T-shirt, and tidy whities That's how Andrew Dice Clay goes out. I was in a starish board over here. All right, you're going to kill me. That's fine. I do love that they are pretty quick to this hanging, too. They're like, all right, have you said all that uh, you need to say to Sherlock Holmes? Excellent. Uh, we're going to take you upstairs now and kill you. Too sweet. Uh, this is when Rachel McAdams shows up. She hires Sherlock Holmes. There's like a, a back and forth. She's crunching walnuts with her hand at some point. I'm like, what? What is? What is she? Fucking Georgie Animal Steel? <laughs> it's just like she's, I did not notice this. Wait, she's she's taking a walnut and just squeezing it in her bare hand. <laughs> yes, I guess to show that she's stronger than you would expect. But like, that's almost too what, strong. Wait, like the girlfriend from Seinfeld that cracked the lobster. <laughs> yes, it is. Right. Man hands, right? Oh, uh, Doctor Watson, she had man hands. <laughs> Uh, yeah, his last words also just really quickly is death is only the beginning. And I wanted to say, I wanted him to say, uh, death is but a door. Yep. Time is but a window. I'll be back, uh, which he does not. I mean, it's sort of the same thing, but like, I, I do like the, him being all spooky in this movie. And he, apparently there was a guard that was like, I'm burning from the inside that he had paid in the twist. Oh, to, to act to like him. he was possessed, right? Cause yeah. this whole thing is he's going around saying that he has like magic evil powers is yeah. the idea uh but yeah so uh yeah this is rachel mcadams of course is irene adler this is a character from the holmes verse of course um she's from jersey dude jersey strong oh irene adler <laughs> i was like rachel mcadams is canadian no yeah no, she's like oh yes it's far, far better than new jersey and i'm like all right so maybe wait. she was just passing through uh, so she's like number one on the fictional jersey characters number two is jersey mike <laughs> number three is tony soprano okay that's good jersey mike i just saw saw something recently about the jersey mike sandwich chain what'd they do what they do this time i think it, i honestly think it was something about like yeah you don't need to wear a fucking mask yeah that sounds oh, about shit. right here's a shitty fucking sandwich you paid way too much money for us <laughs> <laughs> Do you like your sauce to drip on your on your pants? Then come to Jersey Mike's. We'll make sure that happens. One of the uh, saddest memories I have is coming back from tour, or we were on tour. Oh, shit, I know this memory. And we were at the fucking Philly train station. Okay, yeah. well, we should explain this. This is a funny story for the folks at home. Now, we were going to get a flight back from Milwaukee when we played our, played our show in Milwaukee uh, on Tank Girl, uh, previous episode. We did release it, but we couldn't get a flight back to New York, so they sent us to Philadelphia instead, and we had to take the Amtrak from Philadelphia 
to New York after that. That's it took right. us like, it, took us like, it, was, it should have been like a 90 minute flight from uh, Milwaukee to New York. It was like a th- it was an all day event. We didn't get home like 11 o'clock can, at night. Can I ask you when you got back, did Steve Martin ask you into for Thanksgiving dinner? Or? <laughs> no, <he left>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were sitting in that fucking train station all sadly eating Jersey Mike subs. And I think yeah. like the Goldbergs was on the table. It was the Goldbergs. And it was just like, <laughs> I wish I was fucking dead. But it was also one of those things because we'd been together for like five days or whatever and we just weren't having it anymore. So it was yep. just a very quiet Goldbergs <laughs> meal. Oh yeah, we were all really wrapped up in the plot of that Goldbergs I f- episode. I forget why, but I wasn't with you for this. Yeah, you and your wife probably stayed in Chicago yes, or something. Yeah, that's like that. true. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> I evaded this one. <laughs> Fucking. You're lucky this is remote right now. <laughs> the only positive me. part about that experience was we sat in, was it an airport Applebee's, I think, or like a Pizzeria Uno or something, and just drank all day was, watching well, the World <laughs> Cup final? Like, it was margaritas, and it was, I believe it was of an Applebee's. It was, oof. Oof. Ooh, was it a Chili's? <laughs> it was a Chili's. <laughs> it was some know. weird, like, airport grill. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of eating at Chili's, uh, in this scene with Irene Adler, their little dog that they own totally makes a fart joke yeah. here. Didn't need that in my Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, but, you know, the drugs are confirmed for the dog. He's constantly drugging his animal. So there's that. There's animal abuse. Isn't yeah. he cool? <laughs> uh, well, well, Watson, of course, chocolate will help the dog. She winds up uh, contracting him to find this guy, this ginger midget, as we're calling him in this movie. Uh, Dude, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. It is 2009, everybody. <laughs> And, and like, we're just saying midget. I'm just going to say, to make this easier, because they are just saying ginger midget throughout this whole movie. The man's name was Luke Reardon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is this missing person that she wants him to find is the idea. She gives him the case. like, interesting. And then they like do this scene three different times, and it's totally huh. inconsequential, which is him uh, going down to her stagecoach and finding uh, what is the shadow of Moriarty. And now, so here's the interesting thing about this is she has a little bit of, she gets in this carriage and it's like the shadowy figure talking shit to her. And what's funny is when I saw this in the theater, they didn't know yet that Jared Harris was going to play him in the sequel. So it was just a voice. And now that they've had this other movie, like for the Blu-ray release and everything and streaming releases and shit, they dub in they had jared harris do all of these lines and he says mcclunky <laughs> he definitely does i couldn't believe it i was like what is that sherlock's cousin <laughs> so when uh yeah and then sherlock in going he walks over jabba's tail and he goes <laughs> putting moriarty in this movie is kind of stupid if you're not going to use him or make him the twist at the end that he was helping finance blackwood's efforts or something do the thing or don't do the thing this thing like i i'll be with you in the next movie like it'll be fun when you're like and it's moriarty this time yay you know what i mean like yep like you just you and what this happens all the time and that's why like the way nolan did it in batman begins is the best way to do it because the movie didn't distract itself with setting up the second movie like that first batman movie ends and it's like and in the last two seconds of this movie, we will tell you this is what's going on for the second all, movie. All you have to do is end with like Sherlock sitting down to dinner at a nice restaurant, and like uh, uh, Sommelier comes by and like gets his wine order, and then like a hand comes by and drops a business card on the table, and he looks down and it says Professor Moriarty. 
contact sure. me here. Like, it's such a simple thing. It's just like the Batman thing. Leaves a calling card. Has yep. a flair for theatrics. Exactly. Kind of like you. Um, <laughs> but I turn it over and it's the Moriarty card. Yeah. <laughs> the Moriarty card, the card deck. But I, I do kind of agree that, like, the difference there is, like, it's a tack on. It's a fun wink. Like, hey, there's going to be a sequel. If there is, come see it. It's going to have this guy in it. As opposed to like him weaving in and out, like where Rachel McAdams' plot doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we're holding back because it's got to be Moriarty. It's got to be the big thing. It's like we don't really know what that relationship is. So this movie isn't complete. The really stupid thing is that she she and Moriarty are like tied together in this movie too. And the whole the first five minutes of the uh, second movie, spoiler alert, he kills her. Oh really? And ah. that's it. Yeah, and I she's gone from the that. movie. And like, and that's there, she doesn't. I, I mean, I don't think she comes back. But like, that's that's it. So like, the whole reason was just set up Moriarty and have it or kill her <laughs> at the like, beginning of the next one. The thing is, when you talk about a property like Sherlock Holmes, you don't need to set up Moriarty. Exactly, you can just do it. You know, it's like you don't need to set up the Joker. Actually, in in Batman Begins, it was it was nice that it was only the card, and it wasn't even more. They could have gone really heavy handed with it. Yeah, like you don't you don't hear him, you don't see anything, you know what I mean? There's not scenes of like the Joker in the shadows or something. Right. Yeah, and this movie's almost what is it? 2 hours long? 2 hours and 8 goddamn Oof, minutes. That's longer than Star Wars and it is ridiculous cuz like just take those scenes out. Just take them out. Make this movie go a little faster take, and then yep. maybe I'll feel more of this connection they're trying to establish between RDJ and Rachel McAdams because this romance doesn't really feel there. No, it's it's not there. I mean, it's never going to be there. Like, that, you know, isn't a thing that happens. But, like, yeah, I just if you cut out all of that stuff, if you cut out also the replays, because we're in the middle of yes. talking about a replay scene right now. If you cut out all the replays, you could get this movie to under two hours, and it's totally fine. Because, like, he goes down. Like, there's this guy who's clearly – it happens twice in this movie. It's like, is that Robert? Yes, of course it's Robert Downey Jr. It's like <laughs> this guy with a big, dumb nose is like, hey, give me a shilling or something. And then, like, they, they, they brush him <laughs> off. And you have to watch the 20 minutes of him putting the nose uh, on, putting on the hat. and He, he goes runs to, through, like, a circus at some point. What is that shit? <laughs> a circus make, in the middle of the uh, middle of the city in the middle of the day you know that sure. makes you a magician not a genius and magicians are not geniuses yes and they're not cool <laughs> <laughs> well lord blackwell is kind of cool and he kind of ends up being just a magician in the that's end. a good point yeah uh so uh they hear from this uh they're back at the house and they hear from this cop who walks in uh, this officer Clark, I think, is the guy. Mm. He's kind of Mark Griswold. Yeah, it's it's Chevy Chase himself. <laughs> uh, this dude walks in and he's like, "Hey, man! Uh, turns out uh, Lord Blackwood is back from the grave." Mm. And it's like, "Bum bum bum!" They go to the cemetery. There's Eddie Marsan, uh, you know, uh, as Lassard and everything, and they're trying to figure out like what's going on. The tomb that he was supposedly buried in, like, was blown out from the inside. Uh, and I got to say, Robert Downey Jr. in this scene, as they're inspecting this graveyard, he's wearing these, like, tiny sunglasses and this dumbass hat. He looks like fucking Bernie Lomax in this scene. <laughs> he would make a great weekend at Bernie's, Bernie yep. Lomax, if you yep. could just redo it. Absolutely. Oh, man, that's some dream casting. <laughs> he, looks right. he looks like he's about to perform in an all-white Prince cover band. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I totally see that. If we remade a rebooted uh, Weekend at Bernie's with RDJ as Bernie Lomax, who are the two boobs Great out question. on the... 
well, on you gotta, the island with you got to diversify that cast. Maybe like a Keegan-Michael Key a little bit. Yeah, I, I like was that. actually going to say a dude who has a new show coming out and I don't think gets enough play in the pop culture conversation is Lamorne Morris, mm. uh, who was a new girl, among other things. I think that dude's fucking hilarious. And if it was Lamorne Morris and then get some other guy to do Weekend at Bernie's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be down. I I would totally watch that. Oh, dude, you, people would be so mad at black guys and Weekend at Bernie's would lose their shit. <laughs> I mean, Weekend at Bernie's is a great intellectual property that mm. is left untapped. Just totally untapped. Because what, what if there was a dead guy that you pretended had to pretend was alive for two weeks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, that like property as it is, is one of the greatest examples of like fans not being able to let shit go. Because I remember we're talking like I don't know around like Y two K. Now it had to be a little after that actually, because this was like I remember very clearly like reading this on like a like a nicer looking website, I want to say, <laughs> but it was somebody like interviewing Andrew McCarthy. And like he mentioned it would the interviewer doing the interview didn't ask him this, but he brought up how people would still ask him if they were going to do a third weekend really? at Bernie's <laughs> movie. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like how, how would that work? Unless me or Jonathan Silverman was one of the corpses. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> what you could do is I guess you could recast and just all you would need is Andrew McCarthy needs to get like a John Wick series and then they will make the third weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> or just, just do the Skellington, you know, make it like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. That's or, fun. Maybe the other thing is the the trick is this time they've got uh, the urn with Bernie's ashes and it gets mixed up with some coke and they have to fucking get the real urn back for some reason. Mm-hmm, but uh, you can't be lug- anyway. you can't be lugging around in post Y2K you cannot be lugging around a body that died in the late 80s. <laughs> you snorted Bernie. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, get Bill Irwin to snort Bernie. He can do all the funny <laughs> physical stuff with Love them. it. Love it. Love Richie, it. Richie, Richie, I think I just snorted Bernie. <laughs> That's my Andrew McCarthy by way of Brooklyn accent. It's good. Uh, I think we could be the guys with Dead RDJ. Oh, sure. We'll carry that guy around. It'd be great. I think we're all so weak it would take four of us to lift him up. <laughs> and he's not even a big guy. Uh, so they find uh, the dude that uh, Irene asked him to look for. He's inside this coffin. Uh, so he's dead. They go to his apartment, which has all sorts of like, uh, he's like some sort of a bullshit alchemist. And this is where we're getting a lot of fun kind of stuff. Some frogs are in a copper pot. That's mm, kind of cool. Bullshit this alchemist. Is- I have not <laughs> seen the show, but I heard it's good. <laughs> it's the a quality anime. Yeah, really the anime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad everyone thought of Full Metal Alchemist to, to make that same joke. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, where fucking the Jigsaw Killer would live. Honestly, this dude's house is really disgusting. And uh, as they're looking around, these two dudes walk in and... <laughs> It's kind of a funny moment because Sherlock is like, oh, okay, like you're the fucking arson department here to burn this guy's house down. Got it. And this is where we're introduced to walking punchline Dredger, <laughs> this huge, scarred up French wrestler dude. It's kind of amazing, this character. Kind of star of the show, honestly. He rules. I, Not enough so cool. of him. I mean, like, but the problem is when he comes back later, it's kind of inconsequential. I'm like, ah, because this scene is like 60% of the movie, this sequence of this fight. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is kind of like... He's kind of, of a like, sexy Andre the Giant a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's Definitely. like I took care of myself a little better. 
I'll just, you know, I didn't have access to the new kind of creatine that makes you sexy. I just have the creatine that makes you fat. (laughs) Either way, I still love my wine. (laughs) Uh, This dude actually was a, or still, he's still alive, but he has retired from professional wrestling. Well, he would have to. He's like fucking nine feet tall. He was like, he's a French Canadian dude who wrestled in Canada for ages. And I think if you look on his IMDb, there's some like brief, th- two brief notes. One was he studied under Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm. Pretty cool. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the Stella Adler School is right after that, I guess. Right, right. Or immediately after yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see the Finding Forrester of those two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're the man now, dog. Put him in the sharpshooter. <laughs> And then he was part of some like famous wave of firing from the WWF in the late nineties. Oh wow! And I, I wasn't aware of it. it. Was like a bunch of people got laid off at the same time. I don't know. It's on his his IMDb. But this dude is massive, and it is hilarious to watch Robert Downey Jr. try to fight this guy. But at the same time, like I was starting to get the same feeling we got watching those pirates movies, where it's like Jesus Christ. Yes. Another fight? Like, we just finished a fist fight four minutes ago. No, well, the thing is- you need it. You need it, and you need to run around this obstacle course that is this, like, <laughs> science lab where we can find fun objects for our fights. Like, instead of a red-hot poker, which you might see poking a donkey in a Pirates movie, we've got a little Tesla cattle prod instead. <laughs> This dude is shooting across the room with this thing like he got fucking hit with a Star Trek stunner. Wouldn't that just explode the house you're in if that guy was moving at that speed through it? I think so, dude. He should have gone out in the street. Three or four times, he he keeps getting zapped. Like, his heart's going to stop pretty soon. Or his balls are going to fall off. (laughs) But to your point, Andrew, the the, the piracy part of it is... Like it's it's one thing to have it in the house. Like it's this big fight. Like uh, Watson's fighting two dudes, and uh, Holmes is fighting this big guy. Got it. And then we move out to the street, and we're going yep. around, and then it turns into this boat caper that takes twenty two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> this it. thing is so insane, and I think part of this was from the trailer too. Uh, but it was it's a totally phony baloney moment. So it's the like after this whole fight happens or whatever they wind up like accidentally pushing this boat like out into the river and it sinks and holmes has a joking line to watson where he's like watson what did you do i distinctly remember the trailer using that line but pretending as if it was some like oh my god watson what did you do like a totally serious like oh it's tits up now baby she's dead watson (laughs) exactly and that's the way the trailer played it the ship is dead that's that's what i meant by she is dead is the ship ship so dumb it's like he says that line and you're watching it and it's like I mean, the there prob- you go. The main problem with this fight is it kind of doesn't make sense. Like the, the 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 French giant is mad at him, so um, he keeps like smashing these beams away from the ship, and it's right. just like, I mean, you know what's gonna happen with that? Like, why are you gonna damage property just because you're mad at this guy? Well, I mean, it's totally fine right. to damage property, by the way. I condone it fully, but <laughs> it just seems weird in this instance because he's only he's knocking it down on just one side. And I was like, what do you want the thing to fall on you? <laughs> I mean, he's in the service of Blackwood. He just wants general chaos. I feel and like, sure. Also that, that shot from when uh, RDJ throws like a hammer at him and it doesn't hurt him. That yeah. was a huge trailer moment. It was absolutely. Yep. 
I'm just tired of big guys. Like, you know what? Like, how about get a really get Wallace Shawn in here? That is like, and <laughs> he's be- fucking shit up. Like Robert Downey Jr. punches him. He's like, why don't you try actually hitting me? <laughs> Steve, that would be inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got a little razor, but he's really good at ducking. Oh, exactly. Awesome. And he's like cutting your Achilles tendon yep. and shit. And that's it. Dude. He's called like the butcher or some mm. shit, and he's just like, oh, oh, I'm going to cut your skin off. Oh. That's it. Jo- John Wick 4, Wallace yeah. Shaw, third yep. build. Yep. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Man, what was I watching just recently where someone was getting their face cut off? My dinner with Andre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's totally right. They got upset with the uh, the service at the restaurant. And they fucking killed the bus. You, you know the thing about Uncle Vanya, that Fucking entree did not come out, did it? <laughs> I would Great love that, movie. dude. It's my Great. dinner with Andre, uh, produced by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Damn, what was I? Oh yeah, Birds of Prey. We're cutting faces off. Oh of yes, Birds of, of course, Prey. Of course, of course. God damn that movie rules. Uh, so somehow we don't see this happen, but they like wind up in jail. I guess they got blamed for that boat thing and got arrested. Well, they destroyed yeah. half of London. So, yeah, I guess so. it does seem weird, though, because you think like Sherlock Holmes, famous detective and Watson and whatnot, and they're, they're in like the drunk tank pretty much. Right. Yeah. And it takes forever to fucking Eddie Marsan to shake his little cheeks down there to get him out. <laughs> um, uh, Mary. Uh, but uh, this is another trailer bit. And I actually like, I do think that the interplay between Jude Law and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is not only sexy, it's good. Like there's a part where he's talking about like, oh, you, um, uh, uh, why? Why would I criticize you stealing my clothes and all this other stuff? It's just it's it's a fun uh, monologue he has there that's really big in the trailer as well, I believe. Yeah, because you know it's it's more amping up their like old married couple thing, but yeah, because it's like Sherlock doesn't want him to move out and get married. Mm-hmm. And I do like RDJ's line after the stealing my clothes thing, where he says something about like you know we have an agreement about like the clothes switching. Oh, yes. I forget what the line is, but it was a good retort. Uh, but yeah, Mary bails Watson out of jail, uh, but Holmes is stuck there. And you're like, okay, he's stuck there. I guess that's something. And then two minutes later, Eddie Marsan comes in. He's like, all right, you're out too. And I'm well, like, what's okay. great about What's great about this moment too is because he's like charmed all the prisoners and he's telling jokes and you just hear like the end of a punchline that sounds pretty dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I, I was trying to envision that joke and I was like, that's filthy as fuck. Well, the punchline is, may you put... Th- to the bar, to the barman, he says, "May you push in my stool." Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone uproars in laughter. We're laughing about getting your shit shoved in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. You're just telling the second half of the joke, so it's not as filthy with the full thing. And it's crazy keeping your PG-13 rating. Is this like a? I mean, this is like this feels like this belongs in dirty work with you know not yes. this movie. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I also like Sherlock Holmes, not really a famous joke teller. Speaking of stools and shit shoving in and all that, is not the guy who plays Blackwood's dad the guy who fucks um, Ian McShane in the ass in yep. the Sexy Beast and it rules? Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. That's him. Okay, I thought so. Okay, he is the oh, top in that the scene and it fucking rules. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, James Fox. Yep. I was just looking at the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, is Harry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? He's also the father of Veruca Salt in the totally unsettling Tim Burton, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, boy. I so think, he's he's responsible for the worst character in that story. I think he's been around for a while. I think he's in The Servant. Uh, oh, really? Oh, great movie. Um, but, yeah, he's been around for forever. 
He's still around now, actually. Yeah. James Fox still alive, and he's fine in this. And I, yeah. I, I, I kind of like the the angle of like, oh, Blackwood was this like uh, this child conceived during a <laughs> ritual because this guy's part of the occult, but like Blackwood is like pushing the occult too far, I guess. Dude, I love that uh, he was conceived during one of our rituals. The boy was a curse. I'm like, <laughs> come on, Lord Blackwood. You know you're just a rich guy. Shut up. Just like the the fucking like, and this I mean it's been confirmed now with the certain arrests that have happened in the United States. But like there are eyes wide shut shit happening everywhere, and there always has been. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Dude, there are. I just feel like anyone who makes more than a hundred thousand dollars in a year, you go like, what are you up to, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are you up true. to? This will be turning into a QAnon podcast next. <laughs> you know, if that happens, I'm out. I'm just out. I can't. I cannot suffer those. Welcome back tools. to where we go one, we go all with Steven Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how about this, Andrew? What if we riff on Q's postings? <laughs> I mean, I guess so, man, but I think you are just also becoming part of the problem if you're doing that. True. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, the, but those people, there's some scum, dude. When their whole world is a problem. <laughs> you go for friends in high places, which <laughs> would, which is what happens here, because he gets to, like, meet the secret society. Well, I guess part of it, uh, including this dude. Man, I am laughing at the character named Lord Coward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third guy is this guy who's an American who is clearly only here to wake up the American audience because it's like um, he's an ambassador from America. Yes. The, the dude oh. uh, is played by the guy, one of the guys from Aliens, the guy who plays the uh, like the, the general that gets him fucked over. Like the, yes. The, the, yeah, the crappy yeah, 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 general. Yeah. Also, a lot of us, uh, well, I I know at least 50% of this cast right now has seen this guy most recently, I think, in rewatching Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. He's totally in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually have the character's name here. It's Ambassador Piece of Shit. <laughs> uh, it's Lord Coward uh, and Ambassador Piece of Shit who are working for the Blackwoods. Wait a second, a pizza shit? Is yes, this kind yes. of Italian-American? I've been there. <laughs> All right, Master Eric, it's just a pizza shit. I'll just stroke your hair while you get through it. Oh, it's coming up. Oh, oh, it's, it's all right, Master Eric. Oh, it's all right. It's the pepperonis, Master Eric. Oh, it's the pepperonis. <laughs> it's mostly Walter, Mr. Eric. Don't worry. It's mostly oh, Walter. God. Oh, so much cheese. <laughs> I told you to go just for the, the Chicago style. Much less cheese than that, Master Eric. Much less cheese than a Chicago style pizza? I don't know about that, Steve. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But you know what? You're doing an impression of an English person, and they wouldn't know. <laughs> and also, they might be poisoning me to keep themselves as a shit wife. <laughs> a shit wife. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and then there's this other guy. Where does this guy come in? Because he's like next on IMDb's. He's right under. So the guy who plays Ambassador Standish, the American guy, is a dude named William Hope. So I was looking up his profile but right beneath that is this actor clive russell who plays captain tanner this dude's imdb picture he looks like fucking sergeant slaughter i don't know what's <laughs> going on with this guy i'm into it um anywho so yeah the secret society's like hey man oh he uh sherlock deduces that uh blackwood is this lord whatever's son mm. uh and he gives the whole story or whatever and he's like blackwood will use magic to alter the course of the world and you're just like all right dude exactly and i mean that's the thing is like i know that it winds up being a fun 
twist at the end that he wasn't using magic the whole time, but you kind of have it both ways because it turns yep. into this sort of like big, you know, event movie. Uh oh, he's going to take over the world with magic, but uh oh, it's just kind of silly anyway. You know what I mean? Like, also, like, yep. why do the why do the stakes have to be that high? Exactly. You know, yep. like fuck over London or something. Like, why is it always we got to save the fucking you, world? You should be genuinely confused by these crimes, and like, you just don't care. Yes. Yeah. Also, in eighteen ninety. Who wants to save the fucking world? It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, who wants to save it in 2020, dude? Yeah, He's I mean, I think mistakes. it's irredeemable at this point. Uh, later on, there's a meeting where uh, Mark Strong reveals that he wants to take back America. That's oh, kind of that's, yes. that's kind of an insane thing that goes but, nowhere. But again, it's to get the American audience invested. Like, hey, you can't do that. Yeah, because I'm, whole- I'm with Sherlock Holmes now. He's trying to fight for America. <laughs> Oh, man, Sherlock Holmes, he is the greatest American hero. (laughs) Question about this scheme, though, because what Mark Strong says here is interesting. He's like, uh, because I don't believe it's the 1890s. What he says right here is he's like, they're tearing themselves apart with their civil war right now. It's the perfect time for us to go in and take America back, you know, and, and, you know, continue our reign and whatever. And I was thinking, like, where has this story come up before? Was it in a movie? Is there an actual historical account of this? Something about during the Civil War, people did try to come in and, well, and fuck with them? Is, is that a thing? Yeah, where yes. am I remembering this I from? I think France backed the Confederacy. That's, yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Thank you. Yeah. They I mean, backed them just- because of the the cotton industry yeah and also you know so chaos less competitors etc. exactly mm-hmm. yeah so it, it wasn't a plot from the uh united <laughs> kingdom like this movie no. no uh but yeah we're gonna just... take back what once was ours <laughs> what once was definitely not really ours in the first place. hey i wasn't paying attention till now but now americans in trouble i'm in, i'm way invested <laughs> holy shit am i invested <laughs> sherlock holmes is getting a pint of ye old bud light <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> They should have like a real, like a wisecrack and cigar chomp an American character come into this and help them out. Dude, that'd be rad, dude. Then it's like fucking League of Extraordinary Children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just say go full Goldeneye and get fucking Joe, Joe Don back. Joe Don Baker. <laughs> oh, man. Shirley, Shirley Boy. boy. <laughs> Shirley Boy is exactly right. What you got there, Shirley? You, you on another uh, mystery adventure? What? That's the thing, and he's corrected several times over the course of the story to please stop calling him Shirley, and he refuses to do it. That's, oh, that'd be that'd be a funny callback to audience that were you know alive in the seventies that don't call me Shirley. Yeah, can say that. Well, and- it's funny you say that because uh, in the second one, Mycroft, uh, his brother calls him Shirley all the no. time. Yes, Mycroft in the sequel, I believe, played by Stephen Fry. Am I remembering yes. that right? And he's yeah. great in it. He is. Yeah. Re- he's the best part of that movie. Hey, uh, Shirley, I know you got there fish and chips there. What do you got out uh, barbecue ribs-wise? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shirley, where can I get uh, three pizzas right now in the middle of the night? <laughs> uh, Shirley, real quick, uh, I heard you got something called a shit wife here. Um, I want to I wanna have one of them on retainer. Oh, bangers and mashed potato chips. I'll try that. That tastes good. Oh. Yeah, Shirley, where do you keep the Mountain Dew? <laughs> It's just a thing. You could you could fucking like drill for it in the mountains. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's it's all period accurate. But then like he has like a little refrigerator full of like nice new Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> but it, um, but it's in like glasses that he's made himself. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I've invented the perfect drink. I'm going to call it Mountain Dew. <laughs> 
Um, RDJ does have a great line here to this dude at the end of the scene. He's walking out the door and Sherlock turns around and goes, Hey, Sir Thomas, if the rest of his family is dead, how long do you expect to survive? And this guy's like, <laughs> great point. I may be dead soon. And he dies kind of, I mean, it's almost cool, but not really. He's at a bath and then like something happened. He sort of boils or drowns it's like or busy. That's yeah. the thing is you don't understand what happens to him until like the ass end of the movie when Sherlock is explaining shit. But in this instance, like we see the scene of this man's murder and you don't understand what happens, but it's just like the guy put the an same... Alka-Seltzer in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was something where like there's a chemical compound that reacts when water touches copper mm-hmm. and the dude was he was poisoned, but it looks like he's being like boiled. I, or, I believe they said it was like paral- it paralyzes you. Yeah. And then oh, I, that's right. Yes. Then I guess he drowned. He drowned in the tub. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which it's like, OK. You know, I definitely would have preferred acid, but whatever. I don't know. It sounds like a good way to go out. Yeah. Honestly. I'd, I'd do it. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, so he, uh, while that is going on, RDJ has gone back to Irene Adler and he's like, Hey, I found your guy. He was in uh, Lord Blackwood's tomb there. She drugs him, knocks him out cold. He wakes up, turns out she pulled a fucking George Costanza on him. <laughs> he's completely nude, handcuffed to a hotel bed. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Then, like, he, he, he. At this point, uh, Watson has like kind of. It happens like twice in the movie. He's like, I am no longer being in this movie. And it's like, well, you're gonna be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we have to pretend like you die. Come on, just hang out for a little bit, dude. That just part. <laughs> I mean, we'll get there. But like, yeah. So like, whatever. Like, he's going along. This is. There's another scene. This is the scene where we talk about the plot against America, and the other American guy shows up, tries to shoot him, and. Uh, lights himself on fire. That's kind of fun. That yeah. was great, dude. That's like kind of the best death in the movie because he starts freaking out. He definitely, you hear him yell like, somebody help me or something like that, which is just terrible. Uh, and then he jumps out a window and lands on like a horse-drawn carriage. Good Lord, what a death. It's pretty good. It's a great little death. Um, Holmes does a like a crude autopsy on this dude, and this is what like kind of lures Watson back to the case because like Holmes has the body like delivered to the apartment and he's like all right good I'll take it from here and he starts like investigating and like talking out loud and you see Jude Law being like say he's doing this autopsy I love doing autopsies (laughs) oh oh, Watson would you like to cut up an American with me (laughs) you're talking my language now I don't even know what the anatomy is, Jim. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Shirley, as long as you're cutting up Americans, you might give me a spare rib off that guy. Yeah, I'm a cannibal, oh. too. Yeah, see if you can find any cheese on that thing. Shirley, what are you going to do with that there pork butt, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd like a pulled American sandwich if you can get me one. Oh, uh, tastes like home, Shirley. <laughs> I'm eating freedom right here. It's great. Uh, so they realize like, oh, it looks like this dude was hanging around, uh, some sort of factory by the river. Oh, there's a slaughterhouse by the river. Let's hire some old drunk to take us down the river so we can check that all out. The big, uh, slaughterhouse scene here is kind of like the biggest action set piece in the movie. They go in, there's some like, this is kind of a dumb thing where Mark Strong is like, his voice is like amplified and modulated to a point where it's like, Oh, hello there, Sherlock Holmes. Want to play a game? Yeah. I'm like, how are you doing this in the 1860s? What are we talking about? Come it's on. Because ste- it's a steampunk horse shit where everything can happen, but it's a little steamier. 
I mean, th- <laughs> this scene is stupid. I really hate it because um, this this like slaughterhouse is like a fire factory. There's like time. It's like it's like trying to escape into the uh, in, in, well. It's trying to break into the rock or something. Yes. Oh, you need me to take you into the slaughterhouse, do you? <laughs> Because there's all these fucking contraptions and doohickeys, and I know they, mer- you know, that's you, p- part and parcel for a slaughterhouse. But there's all these stupid fucking like a band conveyor saw. belts yeah. and band saws <laughs> and all these different things that they have to. Sherlock tr- Holmes and all of his genius has to figure out, which basically comes down to I don't know, get a bunch of people and like start pulling down on this on this fucking pipe, <laughs> <laughs> and then ultimately uh, Mark Strong just blows up the place anyway. So just blow up the place anyway. Yeah, like blow up the place while they're still in it. I mean, the the only reason it explodes is because Watson runs over a tripwire. And I mean, I will say I do think that the and if here's the thing, if you used it just this one time, it would be awesome. But unfortunately, it's the ninth time in the movie you're seeing slow motion, but it just happens to be the coolest part of slow motion. I love the visual of all the barrels exploding and Jude Law's like trying to get him to get out of the way and he blows up. But I mean, do you think Chewbacca's dead? I mean, like, I'm not, no, but I'm not, no, 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 because it's not for a second pretended that he's dead because in like the very next scene it's like Holmes is alive or uh, they pretend, Watson's alive don't worry well, about they it they pretend so, for a second for at least yeah, literally yes. they, they want you to go. think he's dead uh, so yeah for some reason oh there's a thing where Lord Coward <laughs> is uh, he says to Mark Strong he's like by the way dude I have like the whole police department in my pocket don't worry about it so after that whole explosion happens uh Clark, this, you know, Officer Clark comes up and he's like, uh, hey, Sherlock Holmes, uh, coward issued a warrant for your arrest. You better get the fuck out of here, man. And like, you know, saves saves his hide right here and tells him to ski daddle. This is when uh, Holmes visits Watson in the hospital and puts on like current day Oscar Isaac makeup. Did anyone else get this? Like, he's what? Like, he looks, oh, I see. He looks exactly like uh, he's got like the silver hair and like he looks exactly like Oscar Isaac now. Oh, and you're, he's yeah, he's dressed as a doctor. I yeah, I can actually see that. You know, they give him like nice uh, kind of like deep bags under his eyes. Yes. Like Oscar Isaac sort of got like those dark cavernous <laughs> eyes too, kind of a thing. Yeah, I could totally see this actually. And it's a really bad like. What is the worst uh, disguise of these two? This doctor or the dude that he's pretending to be the guy at the beginning? It's the other one because he looks like a clown. Is it's like a silly nose? Yeah. yeah. That's true. And, and the way they shoot him is you're like, it's Robert Downey Jr. Yes. It's the same sensation I had when you're watching... Um, Patch Adams. Uh, <laughs> Inception. Not Inception. What the fuck oh, no, is his magic gonna... movie? Oh, God. It's going to kill me. It's Chris a... Nolan's fucking magic movie. Presti- David the, Bowie. The Prestige. Yeah. Prestige, where like it's you're supposed to not know spoiler that that alert. dude is Christian Just Bale. Spoiler. Just spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, the Christian Bale thing, yes. I, I Like, that was so bad that, like, it took me out of the rest of that movie. It's one of those things that I noticed now, obviously, that I've seen it, but I, I didn't get it at the time. Maybe I wasn't, you know, maybe I was kind of drunk. <laughs> I mean, um, who knows? Mm-hmm. You were uh, awake, so. I just remember that was the only time that I've seen that movie. And, and like, after that moment, I was like, well, there's no, it's just, it's hit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that movie rules, FYI. 
I'm, I'm, I should go back. I, you I'm know, a fan. we're never gonna we're never gonna get to see Tenant, yeah. so <laughs> I might as well bide my time and do like a full Nolan rewatch or I've something. I've been circling that as well because Inception has turned ten years old now, et cetera. Jesus, it seems like just the other day we were nonplussed by that movie at the Kaufman Astoria. Yeah, I still liked it, but yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I've, fan. It's a movie where I bought it on Blu-ray and I haven't fucking taken that disc out of the I, case. I just recently took that Blu-ray out of the case for the first time, and it, it, oh, it, yeah. it's much better than I remember, honestly. Interesting. Well, maybe this Nolan rewatch, you know, there's something to this idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, Tom Berenger's in it, right? So that's kind of why I'm like, let's get back to that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Tom Berenger's also doing a rewatch of Christopher Nolan. <laughs> he might be. Dude, oh my God. The Baron cast is just Tom Berenger <laughs> talking about Chris Nolan movies, except for Inception, which I am in. <laughs> now we're doing our mailbag episode. No, we will not talk about Major League. <laughs> just want, want to be really clear. I will never mention Major League or Sliver or Shattered Glass. Oh, oh welcome to Inter Behringer. Uh It's time to talk about Interstellar. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever made. <laughs> Inter I'm a fan of movies that when I leave the theater, I'm like, the hell? <laughs> I do that with most of Christopher Nolan's movies, which is why he's my favorite director. What the hell? <laughs> I asked an old lady next to me, did anyone get it? <laughs> Which is actually what happened at the end when I first saw Memento when it was in the theaters and oh back twenty years ago now can you believe Oof, that Jesus I uh, I the, the credits hit and some old lady uh, went up yelled did anyone get it Did you throw a soda at her <laughs> No I was polite Did she do no. that I, I I want somebody to do that at the end of a Dunkirk <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody get the end it? of downfall. <laughs> I don't know what I just paid a ticket for. <laughs> so it was a war between countries? In the you fucking was, bunker the whole time. You might as well yell out, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> Take me home. I pooed myself. I need a shit wife. <laughs> I did save a private ride. Was that old man in the war we just watched? <laughs> oh. oh, Agnes, it's time for you to switch to nothing but home video. Was it a Back to the Future situation? <laughs> Matt Damon's a hero. He was into World War II. Matt Damon's a hero. <laughs> uh, Earn so... this. The picture's changing. I don't know. <laughs> Is he supposed to be Private Ryan in Interstellar? Is it the same character? Oh, God. <laughs> this poor lady's super confused about and, these Nolan and, movies. And then that Private Ryan became the Martian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely ending to this. It's I Martian. saw a movie the other day where Private Ryan was a janitor who turned out to be really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and then he won the war. He was so smart, he won the war. Uh, so, whatever. Mary is like, hey, you know what? Uh, you're definitely Sherlock Holmes in a bad doctor disguise. Uh, you need to continue solving this case for Watson. Mm -hmm. uh, she kind of like gives her blessing, I guess, for this to continue kind of a thing. We get a montage of Sherlock Holmes getting fucked up and trying, like dabbling in uh, the occult a little bit here. He's like trying to do all these spells and stuff. It's kind of cool. It's cool, but again, like, is magic real or what are we talking I mean, about? They've been like circling it a little bit. Like, they're like, oh, back at this place that the 
the the French giant attacked them. They were like, oh, they were trying to marry like scientific like knowledge with with occult spells. And uh-huh. I'm like, sh- well, show me. Yeah. <laughs> Go, please proceed. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, you need to like if you're not going to keep this whole thing a mystery like then you need to show pieces of that like there needs to be more scenes in this movie that don't have robert downey jr in them so you can let that part of the story's idea breathe a little more right. actually I, I see i wrote i wrote it down combine sorcery and scientific formula mm. Ah, mm. there, there is go. some there's some throwaway line where watson says like well, Holmes, as as you uh, and I would agree, uh, the existence of uh, a paranormal outcome for this case or whatever is certainly possible. And Holmes is like, yes, it definitely is. And I was like, wait a second. What? You're both agreeing that, like, paranormal activity is a thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he winds up figuring out the secret society. It's four pillars and there's a ram, an ox, a something or other and he's like I okay lying in there maybe yeah <laughs> an eagle <laughs> and he's like okay so it's going to be parliament because i used all their magic to figure it out i'm going to be fake arrested now by this guy clark uh to get to coward's place and then this will be a fun scene <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so he sort of deduces like yeah there's like a bunch of shit uh, gonna go down like under parliament like that's where uh, they were sort of setting stuff up um, I like this scene a little bit because I like uh, well I mean it's not anything major but there's a cool shot of he, so he Holmes is dropped off like in uh, Lord Coward's chambers or whatever and when the dude isn't looking because he's like stuffing a, a pistol he's loading a pistol um, I think of 22 minutes yep uh Sherlock <laughs> closes the flue to the chimney. Oh yeah. Uh and the the office starts filling with smoke and I I really dug the shot of like here's Coward he's got the gun drawn he's looking around like you know where is he where is he and through the smoke you just see the handcuffs get kicked across the floor. That was pretty cool. Just it, like now yeah. you, know, you can't see me I'm out of these handcuffs now. I'm gonna do it. It was, it was fun. I, I, it's very Batman-y, which I think yeah. again, a lot, there's a lot of that. Go- it's like this is like sure. Batman meets Harry Potter, kind of equals Sherlock Holmes? Question mark. Yeah, it's like you just it, you know in name only in a lot of respects yes. is this Sherlock Holmes. So, but Lord Coward survives this, right? And that, but Minister Scaredy Pants does not survive. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, okay. we we lost Minister Scaredy Pants that day. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, horrible news from <laughs> Piccadilly Circus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was that? I mean, that's, the, the news is just coming out of a, a traffic circle over there. <laughs> yes, um, uh, Lord Scaredy Pants has been killed. Uh, his body washed up on the shore of the Thames. Uh, again, again, Lord Scaredy Pants uh, dead at 98. The Queen is weeping. Uh, he is survived <laughs> by his shit wife. Um, who was a little disappointed because he had a burrito for lunch and uh, never got to privacy. It's going to be a messy autopsy, governor. <laughs> oh, yep, he was also survived by his other shit wife. He knows it's just his wife. He just didn't like her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but instead, Sherlock jumps out the window right here and, you know, lands in the Thames and then swims. Do they hired that old drunk again with his boat? to to pick them up um so we're like now we know like what the deal is we have to stop parliament because at noon uh you know 
shit's gonna go down and they go into the sewer and they find this device that's going to send you know aerated chemicals up into the parliament and kill everybody is the idea and more fighting stuff he fights an actual asian man that's kind of fun uh with karate (laughs) stuff you know yeah yeah yeah, it's just you know it's like the sixth fight scene in the Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Movie. I'm spent. I really started to check out around now, but it, it is kind of interesting that apparently the idea was to have what gas this parliament, but black Blackwood supporters would have, would have been slipped this antidote. So they will su- survive. So we'll establish him as this magic entity. Right. The yep. whole thing is like back in, in that scene where that American dude lit himself on fire and jumped out the window. He's like, all right, well, now that that dude's dead, everybody drinks some wine and we're cool. Yeah. And it, in that chalice or whatever was the antidote to this poison. Right. But he's making them think like because they survived, they're one of his loyal followers and he allowed them to live and didn't kill them with his magic is the and, idea. And, and then he'll be known as the Blackwood, uh, who we shall not name. <laughs> yes, very it's, much so. It's <laughs> such a, and especially in this scene, dude, when Mark Strong, like, is just standing on that platform above Parliament, like, look at me, everybody. I'm a creepy looking bald guy, just like the other person. For a minute there, I thought he had uh, Dracula teeth. <laughs> well, like, got, this is too much. He's, he's got, got some wacky up. tooth that they put in to make him look a little uglier than Mark Strong. It's a little well, Chris, tooth there. Uh-huh. I'll grant you that he sucks. <laughs> it's true, Eric. Good job. <laughs> and then, the, yeah, this is when the the giant comes back because we liked him. And he's, bonjour, <laughs> here I am again. I'm going to fuck you up. So this is the third fight with the giant. Yes, yes. third fucking fight with the same guy. And uh, it's it's uh, Holmes and Watson kind of subdue him by doing like leg locks around him. It was pretty hot. Um, there is a hilarious line though when it's like. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I think Watson gets like a jacket tied around this guy and he's like holding them at bay for a little bit. And he yells at Sherlock, not him. <laughs> and Sherlock just punches him in the face, which I didn't, you know, that's not how our slang works. No, dude, you got to nut him. You got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get, you got to work that hog, dude. You want to nut him. Fucking two-hander with the looks of this guy. <laughs> dude. Uh, and while they're fighting this guy, the whole thing is Irene Adler gets to do all the cool like tech work trying to disarm sure. the chemical weapon, which was nice. That you know she she does have plenty to do in this movie. It's just not that uh, you know some of it makes sense. She all does the not time. get kidnapped. No, she, she does get kidnapped at some point, right? Yeah, because she's in the slaughterhouse. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she gets. That's right. She gets kidnapped then. So you know, some points off for the kidnapping, but most of most of the time she's got stuff to do. Then she like winds up stealing a piece of it, and we wind up going up on top of this bridge, and we're fighting. And Mark Strong reveals himself yet again. It's just like you know, I don't know, man. I I did not need this movie to end in a not yet constructed tower bridge, which I do think this tower bridge look is cool. But like, you fucking pause it right here, everybody. 20 minutes left of this movie when they get to the bridge. You gotta be kidding me. Because you have to wait for the 15 minutes to explain all the Moriarty shit before we actually get to see Moriarty in two years. Oh, that's right. She has a whole monologue. Like, she's running away with this chemical weapon and Sherlock is following her. And before Mark Strong gets to the bridge, she has this whole parlor scene about, like, 
Yeah, his fucking name's Moriarty. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a professor. He's, he's way more fucked up than you are. Uh, he's like you, but twisted. Twisted. You don't want to see how twisted Professor Moriarty is, guitar solo. That's right, Holmes. I only use the insane tab. He <laughs> <laughs> comes in on a skateboard. <laughs> Radically awesome. <laughs> Do you have uh, rancid tickets, old boy? Uh, you know, they they have a big fight here. He fake. And again, this is another like, of course not. Like he pushes her off the bridge and I'm like, where's the platform? Like you're not killing her right I here. I thought the DeLorean was going to come up. <laughs> he gets hit in the face with the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they have it out. There's a line. It's kind of cool. It's a long journey from here to the rope. Um, just talking about how he's going to be hung a second time or hanged, excuse me, a second time. Uh, and then, you know, there's just a bunch of bullshit. And then he falls through the fucking, uh, the, the boards there, the, you know, the scaffolding and he is gets hung. Wrapped, wrapped up in chains at one point before he's finally, yes, hung, but hung I, by chains too. Yeah, that's the first Oof. centibite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Dude, Mark Strong would make an excellent pinhead. Just just putting it out there. 100%. Uh, you're totally right. He would have some, si- some sights to show you. It might be too intense for anybody. <laughs> Maybe those movies would actually be scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to be that turned on by pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, but when he gets hung by chains, he should get decapitated because there's no way. Yeah. You're falling. Chains are catching you. Your, your head's popping off like a grape, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I would have loved to have seen that. I do. I do kind of like the, this scene in a way because I feel like the them being on top of the bridge. It's fun. There's inter- interesting perspectives of the the view. You know, the CGI yeah. version of London. Yeah. No. It, it it looks pretty. Like I still think it looks pretty cool. It's it's rad that like you're seeing a great like London landmark like still under construction. That's kind of a cool thing. I mean, sure. but Mark Strong, it looks like he's made of titanium. He should have broke this rope and he should have plummeted <laughs> into the bottom of the sea and not been be able to buoy up. See, that would have been kind of cool if it's like, oh, I mean, there's your cliffhanger, right? He like falls in the river and it's like, well, mm-hmm. nobody found him. I mean, the shot of him like just actually dangling dangling there off the bridge scaffolding is kind of still pretty it, it, cool it made me really it made me think of the disney opening a little bit <laughs> oh you're totally <laughs> right dude yeah <laughs> that's what they should do for that next pirates movie just have someone at the magic castle getting hung in the background <laughs> absolutely that might be the only uh, way out of fucking Disney at this point, dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> well either that or you just come out of there with a fucking rancid case of covid and do it to it those fucking pig people. That, Those pig people. That video is bone chilling. What, what video? The video of the welcome back, welcome home. No, I didn't see this. It's, it's all. I did not see this. It's insane. It's a bunch of people like at Disney, and it's like we're reopening. It's people with masks saying "Welcome home, welcome home, oh. consumer, welcome to Disney World, where you are home, not your actual home." I saw this, but in a parody form where they removed that audio and they just, every time they cut to people working at Disney World, it just says like, please don't come. Don't come. Please don't come. Please don't come. I mean, you you can blame the people for coming all you want. You got to blame the government for uh, fucking letting it be open at all. Yeah. Well, that's actually sure. true, but like, I'm not rushing off to Disney World right now. Sure. I'm capable of independent thought. 
Hold on a second. Blame the U.S. government? What have, what have they ever done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Name one uh, bad thing they've done. See, you can't do it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We get uh, we get this epilogue where it like it doesn't matter at this point like he's no. fucking dead like Blackwood is dead and the the epilogue is is RDJ being like I'm still trying to figure out how he faked his own death and I'm like I hate it you can't do this the movie is over when your villain yes. is bested there needs it to, needs to just end on the bridge you I need mean, the, one parlor scene that's how that works exactly this movie's been kind of like a bond thing with them back and forth just explain it or someone you know figure it out in the moment and yep. let's finish the scene and it's again it's all shit you never got to see in the movie but like when uh they ran out with the the when when rachel mcadams runs out with part of the machine and then sherlock chases her uh oh wouldn't you know it moriarty snuck in and he <sighs> stole another piece of the machine not the poison part but a different thing and the whole idea is you know oh it's a device you know they've invented like a little radio transmitter you know and that's how mark strong starts the device when he's back in parliament like through a push button thing and he's like oh a device sending a command via radio waves the future is here blah blah yeah. blah so it's like moriarty is going to use a you know a radio remote control for something and, and moriarty bankrolled blackwood and all that stuff like he, he was behind a lot of it it seems like oh sure that's exciting that's nice <laughs> i mean it wasn't the movie that i watched but that sounds cool yeah I guess yeah. so. So I guess you know you tricked me into seeing this movie, and I I don't know. It sounds like you set up a cooler movie <laughs> for me to go see in two years. So I guess you got me, Warner Brothers. I don't know. I just know that also in that sequel, Numi Rapace is a big character, and I don't care for her. I mean, I, she's barely in it. Uh, she gets like two big scenes, but like they. One thing I think that is good about the sequel is they kind of do away with any kind of like love interest thing the way rachel mcadams is yeah. uh-huh i like well, uh, i like Numi Rapace fine i like her in prometheus at least sure. yeah, yeah she's good in prometheus i just feel like it's just the i don't know she's <laughs> fine she's fine in you know that first dragon tattoo those other two movies are fucking total busts i didn't think she was good in what i saw of her in the sequel to this i don't know sure fair enough i don't know uh but you know this ends i was actually surprised i mean we're firmly in 2009 now when this movie comes out not a stinger scene couldn't believe it i i I fast forwarded just to be sure and i was thrilled yeah i feel like that was because they were like well the only stinger scene we could do is something with moriarty and we still don't know who's gonna play (laughs) and also like we've already we've done it the whole movie was a stinger scene exactly you can't pepper stinger scene throughout the whole movie like just let it be the stinger so dumb so fucking dumb uh but for the unwatched would anybody recommend uh people check out this movie steve sadak we'll start with you i wouldn't recommend you check it out but i think it's a fairly good hangover movie i think like if you if you're on sci-fi and i mean you're certainly not leaving your house not for the next 19 months but if you're like you know you just you're really at home you 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 overdid it the other night i can kind of see this being a a, an okay hangover movie that's that's me Mm. uh eric siska um, I could, I can kind of get behind the idea of a hangover situation, but in general, I wouldn't recommend it. And I'm not a big Guy Ritchie type of person, but I would prefer this over something like a Stephen Summers movie, like a Van Helsing or whatever. Yes, I, sure. I think the major problems in this movie come down to like pacing, really. Totally. Uh, Chris Cabin? Uh, no, don't watch it. Uh, I would say don't watch most Guy Ritchie movies if they're not Snatch or Lockstock. There is one thing I felt I needed to point out. 
this movie made a good amount of money, uh, mostly because of international audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did. There, there was a movie that did a little better, about ten paces better on the box office, and that is a movie called G Force, which is about <laughs> a tactical squad of guinea pigs yep. uh, <laughs> that tried to save the world from a billionaire. I believe played by Will Arnett. I might be wrong on that. Uh, oh, yes, what? yes, yes. I had this movie briefly scheduled for us to do at one point, and I was like, "Well, I have to watch it to make sure." And I was like, eh. it's the, "This is the gerbil movie, huh?" It's a gerbil movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a gerbil. Yeah. A guinea pig. Okay. A guinea pig movie. Oh, guinea pigs. Pardon me. It's very uh, important to know this. Is difference. Richard is Richard Gere in it? Uh, oh oh man. man, he might have a cameo towards the end. I don't know. Bill Nye's yeah. in it. Yeah, That's Richard Gere does enough. have a cameo towards the end. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! The end of Richard Gere. <laughs> uh, I also would say I think this is uh, a firm hangover movie. You know, we've we've definitely done worse movies on this show. I just like you know. I, I am a fan of Sherlock Holmes in you know all sorts of properties and whatnot you know, across mediums. What, I, I what's your what uh, standing on Sherlock gnomes precisely? Mm. Oh well, that's a skip. That's what any <laughs> Sherlock fan would do is not <laughs> fucking watch that. Trash. Not dedicated fans, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Got you there. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I think also just like with Eric, I'm not a huge Guy Ritchie person. Although I will say, looking back through uh, the cast of Rock and Rolla. I might revisit this movie. You know, you got fucking American Mike himself mm-hmm. as the lead character, Gerard Butler. Tom Wilkinson looking 100% like Tobo in that movie. Ooh. He's got a fucking Tobo haircut, like, exactly. It's kind of awesome. But then you got Idris Elba, Tandy Newton, Mark Strong, Tom Hardy, for some reason, Jeremy Piven, for some reason, Ludacris. Uh, you know, so there's it's a deep cast, I think. I might I might check that out. Oh, Gemma Arterton in the small role. I mean, it, it's a for some reason movie, so it should have a for some reason cast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Chris Cavan. Fair enough, I guess. And that is going to conclude our episode on Sherlock Holmes from 2009, directed by Guy Ritchie. If you would like more We Hate Movies, of course, check out whmpodcast.com or head over to patreon.com slash we hate movies, where you know we have had a lot of fun on the summer blockbuster extravaganza. Maybe uh, not as much fun anywhere else except when we did the We Love Movies episode on Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is out now. Uh, you can catch that full two-hour and 20-minute discussion Whew. of the film. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It's a banger. It's a banger, folks. Total banger. We also... who's uh, Eric, who's on the old uh, Gleep Glossary for this month? Oh, well, we have Bib Fortuna. That is uh, what we come to find is Jabba the Hutt's Major Doma. Mm. Oh, shit. I like that. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we have to close the book here on the summer blockbuster extravaganza. Oh. Another SBE in the book. Uh, and yes, by the way, we know that this movie came out at Christmas. Nobody cares. Don't bother <laughs> tweeting about it. Uh, but the cool thing is We Hate Movies rolls on next week. August begins just like Batman did. Uh, Steve Sadek, what do we got going on in the month of August for folks? Because normally this is when we try to take a little bit of a vacation. Well, right. yeah. we usually air live episodes, but we couldn't go on tour this year. <laughs> so we are we are uh, uh, going into the attic and just seeing all those things we kept talking about. It's kind of a stay tuned month, actually. Oh, yeah, it is. Three out of four uh, weeks will be a stay tuned. The, the third week of the month will be our 500th episode, which is a super spectacular that we cannot tell you about. That's right, keeping it under lock and key. But next week, we're super excited to bring back to the show Justin J. Case. Oh, uh, yeah. Our disaster expert, because we're talking Dante's Peak. Oh, this is a long time. Stay tuned coming. Absolutely. We're going to do uh, uh, 90 minutes on the old lady. <laughs> oh, dude, oh. that old lady in that oh. boat. <laughs>
Fuck, that's awesome. I saw that movie in the theater for my birthday. Happy birthday to you, dude. <laughs> I watched I watched that lady cook right up. I was eating some candy. It was great. It's a great birthday celebration. Oh, oh this is great. Oh. <laughs> Look at her go. She's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be awesome. It's going to be great uh, bringing JJ back on the show via the internet, of course. Uh, and it's kind of crazy because it doesn't matter now. Like he's in Chicago, we're all still around here, but we're all on the internet these days. Everybody, <laughs> we'll Indeed. never see each other again. Uh-huh. That that's is, true. That is right. Unfortunately, that's just the way it works. No, that's we cannot. No, uh, no, no, we no, cannot. No. Think oh no. That way. Well, I want to point out something real quick. I think yeah. it's this fucking week or whatever. August second will be at the Middletown, New York Drive-In Theater, the Fair Oaks Drive-In. That's playing right. Scream and Jason Lives. We will be there, masked, socially distanced, but we will do. You know, little talk talk about the movies in between them. Exactly. That's going to be a lot of fun. Head over to uh, our website, whmpodcast.com. Click on that tour tab. All that info is there. And by the way, as folks know, we're just going to keep hammering this home until it ain't 2020 no more. But all of this year's uh, merch proceeds that we get from sales in our merch store are going directly to Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter adjacent organizations. Check out our merch store. Anything you buy, we get a little bit of that. And we're going to send all of those little bits uh, to those fine organizations. And if you want to donate directly, head over to whmpodcast.com. There's a little bar at the top of the old website. Gives you a direct link right there. If you want to just kick in directly, that would also be greatly appreciated. Uh, so until next week, when JJ Case returns to We Hate Movies to talk about Dante's Peak, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Sherlockska. <laughs> Chris Cabin. Somehow you made it more Polish than usual, actually. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Take it easy and put on a mask. That was a headgum podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com audioboom, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 